All right. Are you ready to dive in today? If you were here, go, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter four. If you were here on Wednesday, which it was first Wednesday, and let me tell you, everyone needs to be coming to our first Wednesday service. How many were here first Wednesday? It was, in my opinion, um, I, it's just some of my favorite times. And uh, it's interesting because we kind of, we, 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 we kind of let the spirit really move. It's a time to really let God speak. And, um, and, and sometimes God will give me a little bit of a stronger message than usual on Wednesday. And that was the case. I had some people come up to me Wednesday after the service, and they were like, that was, that was, Pastor, that was strong right there. Like, good strong, but that was, uh, that was strong right there. And, um, and so really, just to, to kind of let you know uh, where we were, because I'm going to build on that today on what we talked about on Wednesday, I, I really asked the people, how are you doing in your personal pursuit of God? Not how's your wife doing, not how's your husband doing, not how's your cheering doing. How are you doing in your personal pursuit of God? And we, we looked at Revelation chapter 2 because Jesus addresses the church at Ephesus and he begins to commend them and he begins to say, man, you guys are doing amazing. You're not compromising. You are just uh, doing some things really well. You're holding to, to fast to doctrine. He said, but, 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 but I have this against you. You have fallen from or drifted away from your first love intimacy with me, pursuing God for God, not for what he can do for you. <laughs> I'm going to just point to myself. For some of us, our, our, our time with the Lord would be very short if all we did was focus on him and not beg him for stuff. And so there are times where God wants us just to sit with him. And, and we talked about personal discipline, which we don't like to hear that word, discipline, but disciplining ourselves to be in his presence and to be in his word. And, and, and I felt like it was good. But today we're going to build on that. And I want to ask you today, how are you doing in your battle against temptation? Y'all ready to go there today? See, I don't think first service was ready, but y'all are warmed up. You've had your coffee, and, uh, and we're going to go there today. I want to talk to you today about overcoming temptation. Overcoming temptation. Uh, temptation, how many of you in the room have ever faced it? Just to make sure we're all in the same playing field here. Um, and how many of you have failed from a, from a time or two uh, in the face of temptation? All of us will face temptation. And, 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 and we need to understand how to live in victory. That doesn't mean perfection, but it means in victory. And part of that is understanding the role that temptation plays in your life. I told first of all, I said, listen, these past few messages that God has ha have given me have been a little stronger, but I am 100% committed to your freedom and not committed to your comfort. And I say that in love. And so what that means is, is I'm going to always preach from this book. 
I'm gonna always, I'm gonna not just give you, you know, you know, two minutes of, of a scripture and then and then 33 minutes of my opinion, you know, and, and talk about, you know, Dora the Explorer for 25 minutes and then encourage you and tell you how great you are and tell you how, you know, you know, all this stuff and then shoo you home so that you can feel good about yourself. If that's what you're looking for, these are some other churches for you. <laughs> See, y'all are ready for today. Y'all are ready, but just buckle up. It's gonna be, I, I love you, so you just know that, that, that where we're going is, is, is based in Scripture. We want to talk today about overcoming temptation. Temptation, number one, is, a, is not a sign of spiritual weakness. It's not a sign of spiritual weakness to be tempted. But let me say this. You will never outgrow temptation. No matter how spiritual you get, no matter how much time you spend with the Lord, you will not outgrow being tempted. How do we know that? Jesus himself was tempted. Temptation itself is not spiritual weakness. It's how we respond in the face of temptation that can be spiritual weakness. You following me today? I heard it said that opportunity may only knock once, but temptation will lean on the doorbell. Y'all know that to be true, don't you? been talking to people lately, and, and, and part of the reason why that these last two sermons have come about is some of the things that I've been getting asked, like Wednesday night sermon came out of the fact that I've been getting asked a lot lately, hey, you know, I have uh, this desire to pursue God, I just don't know how. Like, you know, you talk about pray and read your Bible, well, I do that in the morning, and I'm done in like two and a half minutes. I read a verse, and I said, Lord, bless me today. What I realize is that some people really don't even know what that looks like. They don't know how to spend some time with the Lord. So if you were here Wednesday, I actually walked you through my time with the Lord and, and how I spend time with the Lord so that I can have times where I just sit in his presence, times where there is petition, times where I'm declaring things in my, my home. Then I move into a time where I'm actually in my Bible. I have a Bible reading app called Read Scripture. I encourage you, if you don't have one, check it out. And I'm working through that. I'm in Leviticus right now. Y'all pray for me. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying it, though. Uh, and then I move into a time um, um, of personal development. So, so we need to, sometimes we just need to understand that the how, and we need to, to, to have people help us in the right direction. But, but another thing that I've been hearing a lot from people is, you know, Pastor, um, I, I just feel, because we'll be saying, well, how are you really doing spiritually? Well, you know how it is. No, tell me, how is it? Well, I mean, you know, the struggle is real, Pastor Stephen. The struggle is real. I mean, but if we're honest, everybody's struggling. Everybody's really sinning. But at least I'm at this Bible study. At least I'm at church today, right? And I, I, I in love would say back to you, do you think that's all Christ died to give you? Do you think he came from heaven and he lived as a man and was rejected and had a crown of thorns pressed into his head and ultimately had nails pierced into his, into his hands and into his feet and died so that you could just make it and, 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 and tell people how the struggle is so real and crawl your way into church today? I'm here to tell you that Jesus died so you could live free. Free. Now, some of y'all are like, yeah, but you're not talking reality. I didn't say perfect. 
I didn't say that you're never going to sin again. But what I did say is it is possible for you to live free of the bondage of sin. It is possible for you. One of the things that I hear so often, especially from men, I talk mostly to men when I'm counseling people, is that, you know, you know, it's just how we are. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm always going to deal with that. I'm always going to deal with this, this sin. I'm always going to do it. But, 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 you know, it's okay. That's just how we are, right? I don't know who you're talking about, but I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have been made new. And so this is not to bring condemnation, but it is to say that there is freedom for your life. If you hear the whispers of the enemy saying that, you know, that that sin that you do, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're just always going to do it. So just deal with it. And many times I see people, I see Christians actually begin to accept it. Now, they still ask for forgiveness. So here's how a lot of Christians live. Uh, they, they, they sin, Lord, forgive me. And then they go about their, and then they go about their week. They get to church, Lord, oh, Lord, forgive me. I just praise a little bit. I know I did some mess ups this week. And then, and then they do their, their, their thing at church. And then Monday comes and they sin again. And then they sin again on Wednesday, Lord, forgive me. But when you say, Lord, forgive me, deep down, you know you're going to do it again. I don't know who I'm talking to today. It's going to be quiet in here, and that's okay with me. First service was pretty quiet. What I'm here to tell you is that what Jesus did for you and for me was enough. I got to get into my, into my message, but let me, just, let me say this, because I got to clarify some things. What I hear in Christianity a lot is, well, one day, one day it's all going to be better. Oh, in the by and by. One day when we in the sky, whatever that means. Well, you know, everything's going to be fine when Jesus comes back. But it's interesting that when Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, he said, pray this way. Thy kingdom come to this place right now just as it is in heaven do we believe that or is it just religiosity is it just phrases that we've learned how to quote but deep down we've had to justify the lack of reality of it because we don't experience it can I talk to somebody today but what I'm here to try to tell you today is not to condemn you but to encourage you higher to pursue the things of God because there is freedom for your life. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's good news right there. But do you believe it? I've been in the place where, where sin seems to have a grip in my life and, and, I, I, and I've, I, I pray and nothing seems to work and I just seem to like, well, I guess I'll accept it. And I read verses like this and I say, I don't understand this because it's not my reality. Until I stepped into the place of the kingdom of God, the realm of his kingdom, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And I began to operate in a place where the Holy Spirit was working inside of me and actually overcoming sin for me. Isn't that good news? 
You don't have to white knuckle this thing and say, oh, I just got to try harder next time. No, you need to surrender next time. We need to learn a life of surrender. Matthew chapter 4. Let's look at the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus. It's interesting that at the end of Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is baptized. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. And um, the, the, the Father from heaven says, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. It's like, his, it's like his inauguration moment. And he's anointed from the Father by the Holy Spirit. And immediately after that, he's led into the wilderness to be tempted. Before we read our scripture, I want to say this to you, that it can be in your biggest breakthroughs that you face your greatest temptations. Many times you step out into, into an area of, of the realm, this is what we're going to talk about today, the realm of the kingdom of God, which is, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this, even though I don't understand it, and you step out and you begin to operate in the things of the Lord, or you begin to operate and use your gifts, and all of a sudden, all of hell breaks loose in your life, and you're like, hold up now, God. Did you not see what I did for you? Can you rewind and rethink that blessing right there? That does not, no, 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 no. Can you please rebuke that person? What, what is happening right now? And we think that, that it's like, I do something for God, he does something for me. Come on now. I went to church today, I better expect a blessing today. I gave my tip money, oh, he better triple down on that. Hundredfold blessing. Come on, this is kind of how we like bargain with God. And we're not living out of a place of relationship and security and our identity and who Christ is and who we are. It's like we're bargaining. And this is what happens. So many times your greatest temptation will come after your greatest breakthrough. Let's look at Matthew chapter four. It says, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We don't like that verse, do we? He was led up by who? By the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry, and the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, who just said, for it is written? Say what? So, so you telling me that people can use scripture and twist it to their own gain? Oh, I'm not going to preach that right there. I'm going to just move on. He says, for he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil. I just, I had to stop right there because that can be for some of us the worst word we could ever have in our life. Again, the devil came at me. How many, some of y'all are, are in an again moment right now. I don't know how much more agains I can take, Lord. Like I got through the first 73 and here we are Again. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. 
And then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Father, today I just ask you to come and use the truths to cast seed into the hearts of your people, that it would bear fruit for your kingdom. Lord, there's people today, no doubt, if we were all honest in this room, who are facing temptations this very day, who have been battling and battling. And Lord, give freedom today. Give freedom. Give grace. Pour out freedom in this place by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, I got five keys to overcoming temptation. Five keys. I'm going to try to get through all five of these If I don't, it's going to be okay. Five things that I have kind of learned, um, you know, over the last 17 years of walking with the Lord and uh, and really counseling a lot of people through some serious temptations and and, and just some things that I've seen in Scripture that I think can help us today. Uh, Basically, I want to uncover the enemy's schemes this morning. We need to see him for who he really is and what he's really up to so that we can respond accurately. So, number one, number one in the five keys to overcoming temptation, number one is this. Temptation is a counterfeit truth. It is a counterfeit truth. In other words, it's a false reality. Uh, uh, It promises things that it does not plan on delivering. It promises you things that it does not plan on delivering uh, to you. Uh, I, I was um, just the other day. How many have ever had road rage before? Just be, just be honest. Just raise your hand. Come on, all y'all holy people up in here. Was, uh, you know, um, keep this in mind. Temptation is, is telling you something that it doesn't plan on delivering you. The other day I pulled, I was, I was leaving the church. I pulled right up here. And, you know, when you turn left on the Belcher right here, it's kind of dangerous because you got to jump across some lanes and people are going like 60 right here. Then you got to get in this little median. And then sometimes people pull behind you in the median. Then you can't see the next oncoming traffic. And then you're just frustrated. Like, I don't even know what to do right now. So I pulled right up here to the stop sign, and somebody came up behind me, and I probably could have pulled out. I'll be honest with you. I probably could have pulled out, but I thought, I got four kids. Better safe than sorry. I'm going to wait till my next opening. You know what I'm talking about. Well, the guy behind me didn't agree with me, and he thought that I should have pulled out, and he let me know by holding the horn down for like 13 seconds. And then I looked at my rearview mirror, and I thought he was waving at me, but he was waving with one finger. And, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to be honest with you, there was a split second, come on now, y'all give Pastor Grace today, just one second where in my mind I thought to myself, you're going to get out of your car and you're going to go back there and you're going to high five that guy's forehead. And then you're going to get back in your car and drive away and everything is going to be fine. And you're going to, this is what the temptation told me. And you're going to feel much better about yourself, by the way. So go ahead and do that. I mean, you know, the temptation in that moment was promising something that it was not going to deliver on. You imagine if I did that? What would the headline be? Pastor of Generation Church arrested in road rage. Caught on film, see below. <laughs> what, let's just, you know, let's take it to a, a more serious level because, man, I talk to so many people 
who, who are tempted in areas. I, I talk to, sometimes I'll talk to men who are frustrated at home with their wife. Or, you know, my wife talks to women who are frustrated at home with their husband. And what I find is that here's what usually will happen. I'll talk to a guy and he'll say, you know what, man, my wife, she's not treating me right. She's not giving me the attention that I deserve. She's not treating me. She's not showing me the attention that I need. She's not treating me the way that I deserve to be treated. And I've got this, this girl over here that maybe you went to high school with or maybe is at your job, and she's showing you that attention. And she's telling you how great you are and how good you look, by the way. Oh, I love that shirt. Oh, I just love that. That is so amazing. to you. Oh, you smell. What kind of cologne is that? That is just, oh, I love that cologne. And now you feel good about yourself. And now as you think about this temptation that has hit your plate, what you are being told is this person right here that you barely know will satisfy you and will, and will fill all of the voids that you've had in your life. This is what you need to do. Forget about that, that person at home who, who is not treating you right anyway. This is the better deal. You see the deception that comes from the enemy. He's, he's, he's telling you things, but if you bite that hook, he has no intention of delivering on his promise to you. As a matter of fact, the opposite will happen, and you and I both know that when we bite the hook of the enemy, we find out that we're worse off than we were before. This is the scheme of the enemy. So temptation is simply a counterfeit truth. What happens is, is that over here we have the kingdom of God. And all temptation does is it takes things that are in, when I say the kingdom, it's the, it's the system or the, the ruling or the reigning operating system of, of the kingdom of heaven. And God has some things inside of this operating system here, like covenant marriage, like, like um, you know, just constant things. And so what temptation does is it will take something that was designed to be operated inside of the rule of God, and it will take it outside of the way that God intended for it to be, and it will give it to you and say, here, you can have it this way. It'll be better for you. I know, Eve, I know what, what God told you about the tree, but, but, and so, so, so temptation is trying to get you to operate in things outside of the way God intended for them. And, and really what we're saying, and I'll say we, what we're saying when we follow through with that temptation is, yeah, see God, you're really good in a lot of areas. Like, really good. The whole like, Dying on the cross, woo, amazing. Great. The love your neighbor thing, woohoo. This little area right here, ah, you must have been taking a break that day. I think this is actually the way it's intended. And so I know you said that, but I'm gonna go ahead and do this. This is what the devil is trying to get us to do. Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2 says this. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern 
what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. I want to unpack this verse for you because it's very important for us as believers. What he's saying is, is that when we begin to live in a transformed mind and we begin to understand and actually operate at the way that God has designed us to operate in him, in faith, in the power of the Spirit, he says, now what happens is, is that we get to a place where we are able to discern what the will of God is. This word in the Greek is actually, it actually means to spot the counterfeit. The Greek word here was actually taken um, from, from uh, uh, the people that, that their job was to test gold coins back in this day. So their job was to take some coins and whatever they did, I don't know if they're like, you know, buy it, I don't know how they did it, but they could, they could tell whether or not this is the real thing or whether it's a counterfeit. So what, we are, what God is saying to us is he wants to mature us to a level where we are operating in the spirit of God and when temptation comes our way, we can actually, by the spirit of God, spot the counterfeit and say, I don't think so. What you're telling me has value actually is worthless. Get that out of my face. The devil is bringing things to your table and he's saying, this is so valuable. You need this. This is what you need. This has ultimate value in your life. Ultimately, it's worthless. It's a counterfeit. And God wants us to be able to spot it, to spot the counterfeit. The best way to spot a counterfeit is to know the real thing. Which leads me to my next key to overcoming temptation. The fight comes before the temptation. Your fight against temptation comes before the moment of temptation. Luke 4.1, which also describes the story of Jesus going into the wilderness to be tempted, the first verse in Luke, I love it, because it says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led into the wilderness to be tempted. Full of the Holy Spirit, and was led into the wilderness to be tempted. I told our people Wednesday night at First Wednesday, I was recently in Dallas, and, um, and I went to a late lunch, and I uh, couldn't figure out what the word is if you're eating in between lunch and dinner, so we kind of laughed about that and came up with a couple options, because you know we have brunch, but I don't know what that other one is, so whatever that is, you just come up with your own word, but about 2.30 in the afternoon or 3 p.m., I was eating a medium-rare steak with blue cheese crumbles on top with a loaded baked potato and a Caesar salad, and I swallowed it down with a nice cold sweet tea. Now, um, that's my meal. Like, that's me right there. Like, that's the best meal that, 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 that like, in heaven, that's what we're going to be cutting right there. And so... That was about 3 p.m. And so then we went back and we're, and we're hanging out with some people from his ministry. And one of the guys, it was about five now, one of the guys said, hey, I want to take you guys to the best Mexican place in town. Now, b before you say anything, I just need you to know that Mexican food is a close number two for me. Like, I love Mexican food. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's really, really good. And, and not only did he want to take us to a, a really nice Mexican place, but he wanted to pay for it. And, and I don't know about you, but free is for me. So, <laughs> so I, but, but here was the thing. I didn't really have any desire to go to the Mexican place because I was already, I was already full. 
What happens for you and for I, when I say that the temptation and the fight comes before the temptation, you see, when you and I spend time seeking the presence of the Lord, seeking God not for what he can do for you, but for who he is, and you sit at the table of the Lord and you begin to dine and you begin to just, the Holy Spirit begins to fill your life. I'm telling you, you are actually fighting in the Spirit. It just doesn't look like the kind of fight that you think it is. It's not a fist fight. Come on, it's getting full on Jesus. So now when you go out and that little taco tries to tempt you, you're like, no, I'm good. You with me today? You're, you're like, uh, just had a steak. I'm good. That's the Holy Ghost right there convicting some of y'all. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit convicting you guys. The fight comes before the temptation. Here's what I want to say to you. Um, um, it's not mind over matter. It's not mind over matter, okay? It's Jesus conquered and we surrender to him by faith. You are like him as you spend time with him. Hear me on these practical things. You become like him as you spend time with Jesus. You smell like the fragrance of heaven when you spend time with him. And when we go back out into the world and, and the temptations of the enemy come, the, you, you spot the counterfeit, number one. You spot it for what it is, but number two, you're not even interested in it because of what you're full of. The fight comes before the temptation. Number three, say number three. Never make important decisions during times of pressure and temptation. I got to show you what happened here. It's interesting that the devil tried to make Jesus make some huge decisions during this time of weakness. Look at verse 9. Uh, verse 9 actually says, and he said to him, all of these things I will give you if you will fall down and if you will worship me. So the enemy is trying to get Jesus to make a very, very life-changing decision in his, in his greatest moment of weakness, in his temptation of, of being in the wilderness and, 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 and being, you know, no food, no water for 40 days. Never make important decisions during times of pressure and temptation. It's interesting because my wife and I have been here now over 10 years, I believe. Youth pastors over eight years, you know, senior pastor here for a year and a half or so. And uh, over that time, there, there have been many seasons of, of pressure, seasons where I wanted to quit, seasons where, you know, look, I love y'all, but sometimes, you know, you know, I'm just like, can you just send me somewhere else? I mean, you know, so there's just times where, you know, life hits you and then it hits you again. And then, like we said, again, the devil comes at your door. And, uh, and, and so interestingly enough, over those eight or so years, three different times we had people call us with a, an offer to leave. Say, hey, come up here to this church and up here and we'd, we'd love to have you guys, your wife do worship and you youth pastor or you, you know, be the pastor of this and the two, more money, salary, everything's great. And, and, and it just, it just, just at the time when I'm complaining about how much I don't like it here. Isn't that interesting? Three different times that happened. Three different times where, not, and, and sometimes the devil will tempt you with, it's not that you cheat on your spouse, it's something that's good, it's just not God. And what the enemy was trying to do was remove us outside of what he had destined for us, which is to see revival in Pinellas County, which is why I'm glad I stuck it out and we stayed and we kept the fight going and we pressed forward and we said, we're not going to stop. We're not going to quit. But, but listen, don't make tough life-changing decisions during times 
of pressure and temptation. I say it this way. I tell people, just stay with the last thing you know God said. Wait until you're in a healthy place to make that decision, and you won't wake up in regret. If you don't know what to do, go back to the last thing he said. Amen? All right. Number four is this. The word of God is a weapon. Use it. Always trust the word over your feelings. I want you to see this, that in this text, Jesus was tempted three times, and three times he said this, it is written. It is written. And so he's using the word of God in this battle. You have to know the word in order to use the word. You have to read the word in order to know the word. So I'm about to drop this big theological bomb on you guys today. Read your Bible. You know how many times I've had somebody come up to me for counseling and I'm just struggling, Pastor. I got this going on, this going on, this going on, this going on. Made this bad decision, did this, got this going on. It's terrible right now. When's the last time you got in the presence of God? When's the last time you read your Bible? Well, you know, man, life, right? I mean, you know, you just, we all. I don't. Tell me. Well, you're not too busy to complain about it, but you're too, you're too busy to get in your Bible and go to the source. Now, I wouldn't say that because I'm not mean, but sometimes I think it. Don't judge me for things I think. So it's very simple. The Word of God is active. It is alive. It is sharper than any sword it, it I, I, even in first service, as I was preaching, it just, it, it, it came alive to me again. Just the idea, the thought that this book is living, living. It's alive. And, and the greatest, the greatest temptation for you is probably to keep you from feasting on this book. And isn't it interesting that many of the churches who are growing the fastest are, are doing away with this book. It's interesting. So the enemy is trying to rob the church of its power. We don't want to have altar calls anymore. I'm about to talk real t this morning. We don't want to have altar calls anymore. Oh, we don't want to lay hands on people. We don't want to offend anybody. No, you want a people who, who have no power. You want a people, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to really teach the word like all of the word because, you know, people might not come back. So you just want a church full of people who, who are living in bondage? This is the great temptation that the enemy is hitting the church with. You better know your word. I said it in first service. I said, listen, you, you can't live in victory and neglect this book. Now, you could read this book and still not live in victory. What I mean by that is you can read this from a wrong motive. There's many people in, the, in, in seminaries right now who, are, who have many more degrees than I do and are much smarter than I do who are cheating on their wife and live, living in bondage, but they know the word. So when we approach the word of God, it is not merely to learn something intellectually, but it is to encounter God. Because it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any sword. That means it can pierce through. Isn't this amazing? Think about this. You could read 
one verse every day for the rest of your life and every day get something different out of it. Because it's living. Because it's God's... His, 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 ins, his being was breathed out into the pages of this book. And because he has no end, therefore his breath has no end. And therefore every time you choose to get into the pages of this book, it has the very of God on it. And I don't know about you, but there's been times where I'll be sitting with the Lord and his presence will come as I'm reading his, his word. And all of a sudden I feel physically as if the Holy Spirit is just breathing inside of me encouraging me, strengthening me, preparing me to be who I'm called to be. We have to know the word of God. The word of God is a weapon, and we need to use it. How might this look for you? Let me just share with you real quick. Practically, uh, here's how this could look. Let's just say you fail today. Let's say you fail miserably, and the devil whispers in your ear. Tonight, you get home, you're sitting there, kids are in bed, whatever the case, and the devil's whispering at you. You're a failure. What makes you think you could even go to church next Sunday? You don't deserve forgiveness. You're not forgiven. No, 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 no. Forgiven maybe is for that guy, not for you. You're not forgiven. You're a failure. You might as well just keep on living that way because that's who you are. We hear those voices sometimes. How could we use the word practically? Here's how I do it sometimes. I, I, I hear that and I'll say, well... It is written, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am hidden inside of Christ. I am in Christ. I am sealed by the Spirit of God. If he is for me, no one can be against me. It is written. Be gone, Satan. That's what Jesus said. You need to know the word to use the word need to read the word to know the word. <laughs> the word of God is fixed. It is final. It is for you. And the devil knows that. That's why if we pulled everyone in here and said, when's the last time you spent more than 15 minutes in your Bible? Some of you are like, please, I hope he does not do that right now. Yeah, we have somebody with an iPad that's about to start walking. Yeah, you, how long? How long has it been? You, no, we're not doing that. But let's think about that together. Don't you think? The devil doesn't want you to spend time with the Lord because you're going to know who you are and you're going to know who he is and you're going to be able to spot the counterfeit and you're going to have the Holy Spirit, the power of God. You're going to be full of God and so you're not going to bite the bait of the counterfeit. You're going to be prepared. You're going to be full of God. He doesn't want that for you. I do. God wants it for you. The word of God is a weapon. Use it lastly. Last, last point today. And then you can go about your business. Worship makes the devil run. I want you to look at verse 10. I love this. We're wrapping up the temptation that Jesus faced. And, you know, the devil tried three times. And the last time he said, you know, I'm going to give all of this to you. If you'll fall down and worship me, Jesus. And Je Jesus is trying to talk to somebody today. We got a tornado coming our way? I'm, 
closing this, this thing down. Hang with me. Hang with me. And I'm going to send y'all home in a tornado. <laughs> oh, I got a better idea. I got, I got three more sermons I can preach to y'all. I could just keep on preaching, right? As long as the rain keeps coming, I'm going to just keep on preaching. We might just have an old school Pentecostal, you know, service down here. We might pray for people, pray for the sick, pray for deliverance. Come on, we're about to have church up in here. Let some sirens go off. I'm not, I ain't scared. Focus. Look at verse 10. Just hang with me. Look at verse 10. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And then what happens right after that? Look at verse 11. Then the devil left him. I'm going to impose a little bit into the scripture right now. Give me the freedom to do that. I think this might be, it could be what happened. It could be what happened. Jesus is hit again on the third time he looks at the devil and he says he says i'm not worshiping you be gone satan and then he drops down to his knees and he says for you shall worship the lord your god alone and only him shall you serve lord i love you i'll worship you father father i'm yours i i, I just give myself to you I, I love you you are holy you are righteous you are peace you are the first and you are the last. And he's just kind of caught up into a moment of worship. And then he comes back to what he was doing and he looks around and the devil is gone. He's gone. He's gone. Worship, worship is the one playing field the devil won't play on it is the one playing field that the devil will not play on if you're in a season of confusion and temptation hear me hear me if you're in a season of of confusion and temptation i'm gonna i'm gonna be strong just for a minute can i do that if you're in a season of pressure right now, if you're in a season where things are coming at you and you've got tension in your life and you've got some relational problems going on and you're, and you're scared and you've got things and you're unsure of some things, can I tell you, stop watching garbage on TV, stop listening to garbage music and start worshiping Jesus. Start worshiping Jesus. Listen, listen. Marathoning Game of Thrones is not gonna help you out. Some of y'all are saying amen. Some of y'all are convicted right now. Here, just I'm not trying to be mean. Here's what I am saying, though. Everything that we need for this life is made available through the death of Jesus Christ. Everything you need to overcome temptation has been made available through the death of Jesus Christ. So you have what you need to live as an overcomer, and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and he's here today. He's here for you. Surrender to him. Listen, living a life uh, free from temptation is not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more. 
It's about surrendering your life to Jesus. Surrender that area to Jesus. Surrender this, this hidden sin in your life. Give it to Jesus. Surrender this part over here that's, that, that, that you don't want anyone to know about. Give it to Jesus. Shine some light on it and let him come in and do what he does and bring freedom for your life. Would you stand with me today? Father, we thank you for who you are. I thank you, God, for working in our lives, for never quitting on us, for never giving up on us. Thank you for loving us, equipping us, and giving us your spirit today. Thank you for the privilege we have to worship you. And Lord, I don't want to go anywhere without giving people the opportunity to say yes to you. So if there's anybody right now under the sound of my voice that you've been away from the Lord, or maybe that you've never said yes to Jesus or you're watching online, I wanna give you the chance right now. Jesus is knocking on the door of your heart to say yes to him. If that's you, you know who you are, you know that you need to get right with the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I give my life to you today. Come on, let's just pray it together. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. And I believe that you died on the cross for me. And on the third day, we're raised from the dead. Forgive me of all my sins today. Fill me with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.